Hey, Make You Breakers. Welcome back. You're listening to Jai Long. I appreciate you being here. Hey, today I'm actually talking to a musician. His name is Billy Otto. He does a lot of amazing stuff. He tours with some really cool and big bands and he also creates his own music as well. So recently I had a good discussion with him about how he went overseas, reinvented himself from where he used to be, which is a pretty wild story. I'm not going to give it all away right now. And him experiencing new things for the first time and then reinventing himself and being comfortable inside of his own skin. Now, I think today's episode is really important for us because a lot of the times as creative entrepreneurs, we have this identity that we make up and create for ourselves. And sometimes it can be hard to lose that identity and let it go to step into that new version of ourselves and how we can sort of push forward and hit new boundaries and everything else. Now, I think Billy is just an amazing person. He's such an extrovert. He loves to get up in everyone's grill, show himself off as the true version of himself. He doesn't hold back. He brings so much happiness, so much light. And you'll see just from this conversation, just how much energy that he does have. And um, he's also such a talented musician. And I think you're going to get a lot from this. Now, just a quick warning. There is a few swear words in this. So if you've got kitties in the car and you don't really want them to hear all of those words, then just uh, circle back around when you got it in your ear pods and uh, you're by yourself. Big thank you for listening to the show. Don't forget every single month I'm giving away a free one-on-one mentoring session. So if you're a creative entrepreneur out there and maybe you're a musician, you're an artist, you're a photographer, you're a designer, you're a videographer, like whatever it is that you do, I would love to do a one-on-one with you and help you take your business to another level and sort of pull back the curtains, see where the problems are, where the blocks are and how we can help you become the best version of yourself. All you have to do to win that is leave me a review on this podcast. You can do that on the Apple Podcast app. You can also do it on Spotify now. Scroll down. There's a link underneath in the notes of this show and you'll be able to follow the prompts, leave that review. I appreciate you so much. Let's get into today's episode. All right, we've got Billy Otto here. He's a musician and uh, right now we're in Byron Bay and um, he's been touring the world, playing lots of things, doing lots of things. And I really want to get him on the show today to talk about uh, more so creativity, more so than anything, because as we are artists first and creatives first and business owners second, a lot of the times we forget that we need to really nurture and look after that creative side and um, and sometimes make big sacrifices before we get to the next level in terms of like what we're comfortable with, what we're willing to let go of ourselves to find that new space. So, hey man, how are you? Jai, it's so good to be here, bro. Beautiful house. You ready to jam it? Really ready. You got a great energy about you and I've always loved our chats, man. You've always inspired me and- I've just been with my woman this morning, just running at the past, doing some push-ups, just getting psyched, man. It's so good. Talking about creativity and creative flow, like I've found for me routine is so important. Yeah. It's currency for me. I love getting up early. You know, it's funny because like as a musician, <laughs> a lot of people think you wouldn't get up early. So tell yeah. me about it. If I could really have it my way, I'd go to bed before 10, wake up at 6, meditate for half an hour, intermittent fast till 12, go for a run or push weights or surf in the morning, drink coffee, journal, set some intentions, and then I get into my flow of making art. Yeah, right. So why do you think routine is important for you? Like why is it important for I think it's partly you? because my mind is such a matrix. Like I am a really sensitive, melancholic songwriter. I absorb a lot of energy. I'm an empath. I feel a lot. 
yeah, I'm, I'm hypersensitive. And, and so if people, people love hanging out with me and jamming and stuff, but like if people could really see my mind, it is like, it could, it can be chaos. Mm. And I know my ability to be able to spiral. If I think about someone's criticism of me or something, I used to be so insensitive to those things. I just realized that I need to create beautiful, spiritual, energetic boundaries in my life and my day and my process so that I can stay in lightness and enjoy because I just can't really write and create music and art when I'm in living in despair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So do you think it's more so for your mental health more than structure? It's for both. It's for like my creative flow and for my mental health. I think they're really married. And so for me, having that flow of like routine really creates like an awesome space, space and spaciousness for me to go like, cool, I feel light again. I feel childlike. Okay, I can create. And like, I, I love feeling ripped, dude. I fucking feel like good and sexy when I'm feeling my muscles, when I'm feeling swole, when my gut health's good, when I've got good bowel movements, when I've made love to my woman. Like, all these things just really help me to feel like, man, I'm in the driver's seat of my life. I'm a rock star. I can do this, you know? So it's like, but it's like a whole constellation and ecosystem of things that need to cross amplify for me to feel that. So do you think like um, collecting all those little wins in your life has helped you, like helps you build your confidence as well? Exactly, for sure. And then the way that that spills into the way that I look and the way the clothes that I wear, like I feel like more than ever, especially from living overseas, it's like I've realized that all those 20 things in a day need to kind of be working together for me to really feel my optimal as a creator. Do you think it all goes together? Because a lot of creatives, a lot of the times um, pe- people see them where they think like, oh, they don't really look after themselves and all their mental health or their physical yeah. health or anything else. But do you think like um, you need to feel successful in so many areas of your life to be able to bring that into the main area, which for you is music and creativity? Yeah, yeah I think so, man. Um, and, and I think the image of a creator and a, of a musician has changed over the last 30 years. I think kind of like... I love Nirvana and I love Kurt Cobain, but it's less cool to be someone as broken as Kurt Cobain. He had massive gut problems. He was suicidal forever, huge heroin addiction, as we know, really broken romances. And I, I love and cry every story, but I don't want to live in that space. And I think now the present creating creative is more of a holistic thing. I think when we look at world thought leaders like the Russell Brands and the Joe Rogans and then different musicians that I follow now, it's kind of like they have awesome relationships, yeah. you know. They don't treat girls like shit. They do drugs sparingly. Um, they do jujitsu, <laughs> and they have a zest and a glow about life. So they they treat themselves and the people around themselves with yeah. respect. Yeah, I think right now the more that I talk to people, like I've travelled like sixty countries in the last like fifteen years, it's like I feel like right now it's like. People want to be in the long game. Artists want to be in the long game. Like I didn't, I don't want to die at 27, you know, 37. Like I want to, I want to go hard. I want to get married. I want to have grandkids, you know? And like, for me, like, I like the idea of having a long, sustainable career. Um, And for me to do that, like I need to be like eating really well, working out every day and just surrounding myself with high vibe humans. And so I think Byron Bay has been an awesome place to come to because it's like, having lived in Berlin this year and then work in Nashville and Kuala Lumpur and LA, it's kind of like, I love being in those places because they are just such creative hub vortexes, but coming back to like the Northern rivers where 
I'm surfing every day, got like a mad tan and eating really good local farmer's market kind of food. So it's like, again, it's like I feel this wild, primal, creative self coming back, you know, so it's good. Do you think it's, um, it would be hard for people like if say, for instance, if they're not thinking about what they're eating or what they're consuming, like if they're just like mindlessly scrolling TikTok forever or, or who they're hanging out with or don't have any of those boundaries, do you think that has a huge impact on your success as a musician and, and a creative? Huge, bro. Like on an inspiration level and then like a success level as well, monetary opportunity, opportunity level, like I feel like the age old proverb of like, you are the sum total of the five people that you hang around with. I think of that on like an energetic thing and on a creative thing. When I started surrounding myself with people like Kyle Leinhardt, you know, I've got like six Kyles in my life. You know, I've got like my brothers in my sacred brothers on the battlefront. And I feel so blessed that on a mental health level, on a spiritual level, on an activity surf level, on like a music level, like just from being around people like Kyle, Kyle's pushed me to write bigger songs. He's pushed me to be more me. Kyle, even though I was going to not be his bass player for six months going overseas, he's like, dude, I want you to soar. He literally texted that to me like two weeks before I left. And he told me, don't get distracted with Byron women. You know, (laughs) like don't stay around for that. Like, you go to Europe, you go to Asia, like this is your moment. Like I literally have people that they don't want me to remain like a country town star. They want me to actually like fly the heights. They want me to get nominated for Grammys. You know, that's the kind of belief. And, you know, Australia is so full of tall poppy syndrome. As we know, as Australians, you know, we want to cut each other down. We struggle to give each other compliments, but you do find these gem angel humans in your life that actually want you to reach your fullest potential. So, and that's been so huge for me, man. And I think more that I've kind of walked in that energy and the more that I've been encouraged to walk into my pure energy as this Billy guy, you know, the more that I can walk into a room now and people want to talk to me, people want to know what my story is. People like, dude, like this vibe, this glow, like, what is that? Who the fuck are you? Like every day, man. And so it's not like, I feel like five years ago, that was much more of like a thing for me. It was like, I was, I was trying to network, trying to network and I still network and things, but it was still like a friction network, like a grind, like a New York kind of grind of like trying to get in. It was kind of like going back into high school, trying to get in with the cool older kids. But now I just find it so much more organic, man. I get people hitting me up all the time and it's just been like this thing of like, and it's not just like this ego puff. It's like, what has been the shift in my life that has suddenly made me a creative that other creators want to come around, you know, and um, like a character change in me. Like, and I feel like as an artist, I just have way more of a, like a, a sexy energy that is fun and playful and makes people excited. And, you know, I don't know how that got access in the last year, but it just has been a thing. Yeah. Are you conscious when you're thinking about how you are perceived by the world and how you're putting yourself forward to the world? Yeah. And how you make people feel? And I think partly to do with that was because I came from being a full-on like Ned Flanders Christian pastor where I think when I was a pastor, like working in the church world, I was very conscious about the messaging that I was putting out and how I was interacting with my congregation. I was getting flown around as like a youth pastor speaking at all these summer camps. <laughs> and, um, and, but then I'll, there was obviously like a whole other like toxic side to the whole religious experience that I had, but coming away and bringing some of those gems with me and just believing now that like, 
I still have taken away that golden thread of like, how, what am I consciously inputting into the world? How am I aware when I'm interfacing with the world? Like that Chris Martin quote of like, am I part of the cure or am I part of the disease? Like for me as a creative, I love having fun, love doing all these things, but like I genuinely am writing music so I can discover more about myself first and foremost. And that was a David Bowie proverb statement as well. But then also just like, I want to be able to be part of like this energetic shift that I believe, you know, of like, how can I help to make this world a better and more beautiful place? Yeah, I love that. Hey, so I got talking to you the other day and you were talking about how like you've just sort of felt like you reinvented yourself, you're flying around, yeah. but also I could see a shift where you've let you've let go of a lot of your old self and you've stepped into a new self. So tell me of that process because I know there's so many creatives out there and business owners and stuff and what what happens is we get some level of success and our identity yeah. and then we get hung on that and we keep we try and keep it we try and protect it instead of being able to flow let go and then move to the new self which can be really really hard so can you tell me about that process of reinventing yourself and like what you've been doing to keep yourself creative that's such an interesting question man thank you for that like I felt for me that my shift within the last six months as an artist and as a creative came from a death. And that was the death of a relationship that I was in, super in love with my old woman, my old lover, living together in a beautiful home in Myokum, just next to Malambimbi. And I thought that at the time that my life was kind of perfect, to be honest. And I was cruising, I was I felt like I was, I was investing 80% of my time. It was like 80, 20, 80% of my time in building other people's careers, making music that sometimes I was like half into, to be honest. And, but doing this, cause it was like, you know, I needed to make money. I needed to make people seem like I was making money and doing my thing. I was doing music full time, but creatively I was getting stuck. I wasn't writing the songs that I wanted to write, but I thought this was just my normal, my new normal, whatever. I got made redundant. I got welcomed to Dumpville. The population was me. I got fired. <laughs> and it all happened kind of quickly. It kind of rocked me for a second. But like over this two months of just sitting in Australia and then preparing, just realizing that I needed to get out of Australia. I had an opportunity to play this festival in Hungary and I could either like keep my lease or I could just like terminate my lease. And something within me was just like, I need to just sell all my shit and just get overseas. Like I feel stuck I also just didn't want to see my ex cruising around my town. So I was just like, I'm going to pack my bags, pack some of my guitars. I've got connections in Germany and in Malaysia. Like I just need to really go for this. And as soon as I felt myself traveling overseas after being locked down for two and a half years in COVID, I felt there was this release and this spaciousness that started to expand within me again. And it wasn't until I moved to Berlin that I felt that from this new environment, that I could be weird. I thought like thought that I was weird already being in Australia, like got hair, paint my nails and shit. But I got to Berlin and I was going to these flow markets. I was going to these techno parties. There's a whole other spectrum of weird when you're in Berlin. And I felt that just subconsciously there was this resonant sense that I could just fully, fully immerse myself and become an artist from being within an artist environment. It was almost like I was encouraged to be more weird. Like I'd see these German dudes come up to me like, Billy, wow, I love your vibe, bro. Super. How is Australia? Wow, spiders. You know, they're just being so funny. But just 
I would see people listen to my music at shows and they were really listening to what I had to say as an artist, not just fucked up on cocaine and and two he's new. There was just this deeper listening. They were getting to my lyrics, getting to my energy. And it was from being in Berlin for two and a half months that I, I left there feeling like I'd just been dipped in gold. And then that set me up, gave me this artistic confidence. And then I went to Malaysia and I was just like in these writing rooms as an artist, writing with the biggest artists in Malaysia, purely for my mind and my energy. Like in previous times in my life, I'd been like a music engineer. I'd been a bass player and these things that were very practical and beautiful. But for the first time in my career, I was literally writing for the biggest record labels. I wrote a song for Neo, you know, I wrote all these tracks, R&B, soul, pop in these rooms, purely for my mind and my energy. And I just really felt like man, something was accessed from being overseas that helped me to break through these blocks and these beliefs about myself that were kind of keeping me small. Like for some reason, it was almost like as a man, my artistic balls had been cut off for a while and suddenly I got them back and I felt this re-imbued confidence in my core about, no, like I am in the driver's seat of my life. Like I've got the tools and and the intuition that I have is really, really strong. And it kind of took me just from being out of my, my countryside kind of background of being in Australia in country town mentality, being over there, like I suddenly just felt like I had superpowers. Yeah, it was like the environmental change you needed yeah. so you can like see yeah. things from a new perspective. Yeah, exactly, man. And I, and I always say that to people. It's like you got to, like nothing's ever happening in your lounge room. you got to get out of your house. you got to go yeah. and explore the world, see something new. And if yeah. you're feeling stuck, the first thing you got to do is change something. Yeah, and for sure. And, and if you feel like in your relationship or out of your friends that you always kind of feel cringe around them. <laughs> I think that's also a red flag. It's kind of like if you're checking in with your people, is this cool? Can I wear this? Should I post that? Is this song? Like I feel like they're like some red flags, some in- indicatives of like, man, something's got to change. So do you think that's a red flag from what you're thinking they care or is it a red flag for yourself? Because it's what, why do you care yourself? Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Because obviously the people around us mirrors anyway. We're projecting yeah, exactly. out 100%. So we can see red flags within ourselves, And if we are caring yeah. that much about what we're posting, what we're creating, what we're putting out to the world, then maybe we need to change something there. I'm literally in a place now, man, from coming back. I've been home for a week and I'm like, I write a song now and I'm like, that's fucking sick. And I just know. I'm like, I met a new girl. Her name's Miss. She's now my girlfriend. She's fucking sick. I didn't need to ask anyone. I used to have to ask people about everything for my last five years. What do you think? I'd always have my email chain. Like it's always good to get feedback. I'm so pro feedback, have your people. But I know now that as a powerful creator that I have great taste, great flair, great style. I never ask people about if what I'm wearing is cool anymore. I used to do that all the time. I used to take shots, take photos, you know, like, you know, it's like being a content creator. But sometimes I just feel like you just know that because of these constellation of things that you're in this flow state where you know that your creative intuition is strong. You know, like the most successful creative people that I've ever met, they always are ruthless with their own decisions and their direction. So, I mean, actually not even just creative people, but just the most successful people. Like for instance, and I've told this story a few times, but I watched this 
interview with Elon Musk, yeah. right? And so this interviewer actually jumped in and wanted to ask him about Mars. And then so he asked all these questions. And then whilst he was sitting there, and I don't know if anyone noticed this, but he started describing Mars, but he was looking off in the distance and I could see he was imagining it, but he was imagining it as if it was completely there and it was already real, it was already happening. And the guy's looking at him like he's a little bit crazy, but I was looking at him going like, man, so he's got complete conviction around his idea, yeah. doesn't care if someone else thinks he's crazy and he's going to make it happen because he's got the conviction. Yeah. And so, so often what we do is we put an idea out to the world and then we think, it's crazy, it's stupid, I, I don't know if it's a good idea, I won't tell anyone, my goal's too big, it's unrealistic, you know, I'll keep it to myself. And then what happens is you never do anything amazing because you've doubted yourself so much and got so much input from other people that don't have the same dreams for your life than what you have. Yeah, dude. Two things on that, like I remember when I was recording an album in Chicago like five years ago and I was like sending demos out to so many people and my producer at the time was like, bro, these songs are going out in their early form and you're getting all this muddy feedback that's just mudding up the waters. What we had was really beautiful and you just have to believe in that. And that was the moment I was like, oh, you think so? Oh, like I was so insecure about my direction, like what I should look like, you know, how I should be at such a crossroads. What you're saying about Elon Musk, I was just thinking like in a biblical sense, like the Bible called them oracles or prophets or or seers, like seers, like these beings that could see. And I think that's what creators are. Like I think they are are seers, they're oracles that can see and visualize a future and a present that not everyone else can see. I think that's one of the things that makes creatives so successful because they literally have the ability to like create their own reality but also see it before it's even true. Yeah. Dude, I can even see when I'm talking to you, Jai, that I've said something that triggered something and you're starting to create a world in your mind. Yeah, totally. Always. And you and you start to go like, you kind of tilt your head a little. Yeah. I do exactly the same thing, but I love it because the resident energy is building something within. You're like, fuck. I love that idea that like no one can destroy the worlds you create in your mind. Like you could be put in a prison and there's just this like you're fusing, this musing. Man. Well, even coming back to that then, it's like, it, and you can see my brain sort of ticking away, yeah, right? So yeah. one thing that I do know is like you have these neuro paths that you can keep creating new ones. And so what I always say is I'm wrong until I'm proven. And to, well, I'm always, I'm always wrong, but you could prove me right or I'm trying to prove myself wrong. And if you come into any kind of conversation like this, so if we're having a debate, but then I'm trying to validate the reason why I'm right because I know I'm wrong, you look at things so differently and you grow new paths because what happens is instead of just having a feedback loop of yourself going like, I'm right, I'm smart, I'm this and that, you come to something like this where you hear something new and it pricks your imagination because you're like, that's a new way. And that's possibly better than what I thought before. And what happens is you get new neurons that grow through your mind and then you create something completely new. And that's so that's a way to why, combat confirmation bias. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly that. And so even with like creativity or, or getting out of your environment, going to Berlin or something, all of a sudden, like everything that you knew was wrong and it yeah, didn't yeah, work yeah. out and the relationship didn't work out. And so when you go to this new place, you're building new paths and you talk to new people and you see what people are wearing and stuff. And all of a sudden you're creating a new reality Bro. and then your mind expands to everything. One of the things I had to do on a practical note was like, I had to go to Burkheim and a lot of your listeners would have heard of Burkheim. It's known to be one of the most iconic nightclub techno clubs in the world. Elon Musk got denied from that. Wow. <laughs> even waiting outside at two o'clock in the afternoon, we had for like two hours to get in. I was wearing this like man skirt, had some makeup. I was fully going like Matrix vibe. 
so many people get denied. We somehow got in. I don't know how. I was with a Berliner girl and we got in. As soon as we checked in our coats, we walked upstairs and the main warehouse floor looked like it was, it was like we're walking into hell, man, especially coming from my Christian conditioning. But I knew that I had to be there. So it was so different to how you grew up. It was so different. So it's a whole new world. You know, people, it was a bit BDSM. It was fucking dark, gothic, industrial techno. Digga-da, 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 like 155 BPM, just like. And I was like this. I was completely sober at the time. Went upstairs to the other bar as well, but came back down. It took me like a good hour and a half to realize the beauty that was in that room because I'd never seen that world as beauty. I'm a singer-songwriter. I come away from listening to John Denver growing up. You know, I come from the church world. I come from sunny Australia. Dark, dreary, industrial, techno house. People wearing spikes. People wearing dog masks. Like, I'm like, this is so, like, grotesque to me. But then when I was able to surrender and just hold out my hands and lose myself in that four on the floor, I began to see that it was art, that it was like I had to walk through hell to experience a taste of heaven. And my heart was, it was one of the best days of my life, man. I walked away feeling lighter because I'd actually seen, like I, I challenged my programming and my conditioning to see beauty in that space. <laughs> and like, yeah. and that was important for me. Well, it is important. You walk into those spaces like you could have, you could be judging straight away because yeah, yeah. based off what you think's right, and you know maybe even Christian, you're talking about like yeah. you got faith in the background, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's all right, correct. But then if you're trying to prove yourself wrong, you walk into here and it's like, why isn't this right though? Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's yeah. like, but why? Like everyone looks happy, and yeah. so you start thinking completely different, and you probably it probably impacts your creativity and what you're doing. Oh, dude, everywhere I've gone, like, I've been challenged in these spots. I remember I was making an album for someone in Copenhagen, like, 10 years ago, and there was this pop producer, like, Scandinavians are so good at writing pop music. And I was at this event, and this guy's just, like, I, I was introduced to this other producer, and he's like, yeah, man, I've been, like, listening to so much Justin Bieber lately. And I'm like, what? Dude, I'm an indie rock guy. And he's like, dude, billions of people in the world like Justin Bieber, and I can too. And he just fucking just convicted me. He's just like, just challenged me with these beautiful Scandinavian eyes, just pressed me of just like what I was told was cool because I grew up in Newcastle, drums, bass, guitar, screaming vocals. Every week now, bro, I've set a challenge for this year since being in Nashville to like listen to new albums every week, again, to create new neural pathways because I know that within my own confirmation in my brain, that my dopamine loves particular playlists, loves particular songs. I get that fucking orgasmic feeling. Oh, yeah, nostalgia. I'm sentimental about that. Yeah, I've got my guys that I go to, whatever. But it's been incredible that I listen to like probably two albums a week that I focus on. And I always do like three, three days a week, I'll come away with three really strong ideas. I'll get my voice memo out and I just know that I'm back in the flow. What that's rebirthing regenerating in me just this constant flow like i don't want to be a reservoir like i want to be a river that's constantly flowing like it's just channeling no one writes their own songs no one creates their own piece of art it's all channeling i believe yeah, you're bringing everything you're curating basically curating yeah you're bringing everything yeah. together that you love and then yeah. making it into a new thing yeah and so like i literally on that note like i've i've in the last two weeks i've created trap music for the first time and it's really good like it's very post maloney and 
as soon as I start, for example, writing with a beat, that is something that I haven't done before. Like the melodies get different, they shift. And so creating different foundations and bedrocks, constantly challenging my program has been a huge hack for me. You know, I always think about like um, you were talking about how long your career can last and stuff. And you've got to look around at some of the other amazing musicians that have done it for a long time and reinvented themselves. And I think about this all the time. And so some bands that really stick out for me, like one is Radiohead because you listen to like their first album and then their first hits and then you listen to their last album, their last hits. They've been on for 20 years, probably plus. But then every album has actually been reinvented. And what I've always respected was even though they were so successful from their first album, they didn't try and milk that success and repeat the same success by creating the same music. And they've always pushed it. And even though like they'll get new fans, they'll drop their old fans, like whatever it is to, in my mind, like Tom York has always done it based off what he believes, what he wants to create. And because of that reason, like he's, they're still around producing music. And it's, and every time I hear it, I'm like, that's in front of the curb every time, every single album. So I find that real fascinating how like some people can get really stuck in their one genre or creating one thing, one album, one style, you know, three chords, whatever it is, verse and, uh, whatever you're doing. And in photography, same presets, same sunset shoots. Exactly. Yeah. In everything that we do, right? Another one even is like, this one actually blew my mind was um, Eminem. So one thing that blew my mind, which is amazing. So think about this. He created three albums when he first started, but under three different names for himself and three different personas and his three different personalities. So one of his ones was Slim Shady, which was different to Marshall Matters, which was a different person to Eminem. So you have three, like you come out and you're famous and you've done your thing, but then you decide to reinvent yourself, give yourself a new name, new personality, new style of rapping, new style of whatever, then do it again, do it again. And then as fans get to choose who they want to listen to, they're like, do I want the bratty Slim Shady? Do I want the heavy Marshall Matters? Or, you know, so they get to sort of choose that thing. But not many musicians think about that with themselves, how they're portraying themselves. And can you be more than one person or can you create more than one thing? You know, Dude. It's got to blow your mind. Yeah. Like having, having a moniker, having an alter ego is so, so good. I think when you're five years old and you're dressing up in your parents' clothes. Or a superhero. You're constantly a superhero or you're like someone you saw in Seinfeld or Rugrats. You're just kind of like playing in these characters. Like when I see my nieces and nephews, they're pretending they're on the phone talking to a secretary. They're just like, they're <laughs> so in this thing of just like trying new character archetypes, you know, these different archetypes. And I feel like, I feel like that's such a refreshing thing to do. Mm. Like the other day when I was, I was my last day in LA, my, my old manager from Brazil wanted to do the shoot with this photographer and this stylist. And I fully was rigged up in this crazy Gucci outfit. And I had a crazy, like almost like a Joker face, very Heath Ledger vibes and this crop top thing. And the shoot was fucking sick because again, I was so far removed from things that I would generally wear. Like I was wearing a man skirt. I was doing these things. I was just so pushed, but just the edge of like, being dipped in a situation that is, is far from your natural habitat is like the healthiest thing. But yeah, I think if I had more time and more finance, I, and I'd probably come in the future where I could just try different alter egos like Eminem, I'd fully do that. Like, I think it's always just the dream to be able to try these different projects. Yeah. And just, you know, because again, you can fully just give yourself permission 
to manifest the art in a completely different vein. Well, even on a um, local scale, like Angus Stone is like he's got Angus Stone, Angus and Julie Stone, then yeah. Dope Lemon, like so different. Yeah. But then also everyone vibes with all of it, you know? Yeah. So I love that. And it's Michael Jackson's reinvented himself so yeah, many times. Yeah, guys like George Michael. There's there's a whole bunch of artists that I could list that yeah. weren't afraid to up the ante to really push the envelope. Mm. And saying, like, this is where we're going, fans, come with us if you want. It was more about following the muse than it was pleasing a crowd. Oh, totally. You can sense that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Someone like Tom York, dude, he's mid-50s and he's making electronic music. I know. Electronic music is for 18-year-old Ableton Live bedroom producers, you know, but he's just constantly pushing the boundaries. Yeah. I know. And it makes no sense. Do you think for you, like, um, you know, just going back through this, like, whole journey and everything, you're feeling really inspired and you want to get out there and start creating new stuff yeah stuff for yourself and you're feeling more more obsessed and more dude focused. so obsessed i love the word that you said before ruthless ruthless yeah i love the idea of being ruthless as creative being relentless uh, the picture that i had in my mind before i left to go to berlin was like i'm like a great white shark going in for the kill you know that shark like eyes rolled back chasing the seal yeah. brutal nat geo imagery but like for me, it's like when I'm working with artists now, I'm doing it less than what I used to because I want to like focus on the Billy Project and it's working for me. I'm walking on water. But like I've noticed that hunger is like 50%. Yeah, you need it at 100%. Oh, bro, some girls that I've tried to work with like in Asia and stuff, they've got like an amazing body, like millions of TikTok followers. they got everything going. But they're just not hungry, man. Like the, the relentless energy isn't there and they're not showing up on time you're the one like i just you need it hey so you know i think um so our backgrounds are very different but one background thing that i had was i was always made to feel guilty for being obsessed so like like think about when you're a kid right so people are like stop being obsessed stop doing that why do you do this over and over you're not you know and so you hear yes uh you hear no's just forever and then growing up it's the same thing like my sister would always say like you're a workaholic you're obsessed why do you continue to do things why have you got another podcast why do you do this you know and everyone's always questioning me. And then it wasn't until like maybe like three or four years ago when I was like listening to some mentors and a few other people. And I heard someone say like, the only people that we ever talk about are those that are obsessed. And the only person that you need to be is obsessed because if you're not obsessed, then you're average. And I remember like when I like heard that, it gave me the permission, kind of like what you got when you were overseas. But I was like, holy shit, my whole world crumbled because what I believed was true where being obsessed is a bad thing. All of a sudden it changed in my mind and I realized being obsessed is the only thing. And then so all of a sudden, I know, all of a sudden, like everything that I do, I'm like, man, I'm fully obsessed. Yeah, I am obsessed. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially being in Australia, it's way harder um, than if you're American. Yeah. American, the obsessive Silicon Valley entrepreneur that lost everything is the cool guy that you want to sit down with Mm. because he's building, you know, like that is the guy that fucking was obsessed about this idea and this product and and this team, lost everything, built things back up. My brother has that. And I'm sitting around and people think he's crazy and I love that. You know what I mean? I've come to a place now, man, that like I see my tall poppy syndrome and I'm like these ideas that I've taught myself and believed have kept me very sanitized, very sterilized, very limp. And I, I'm unabashed, like I'm unashamed about my froth and my zeal for life at the moment. And 
whether or not people want to come with me or not, that's okay. Like I literally just give it to the gods, but it's kind of like that insecurity, man, is fucking, it's trauma connected. It's all that kind of stuff. And it's things that you're just going to see in yourself. But the more that I'm relentlessly myself, and that's where it begins, I think, is like being in your pure energy even before your craft. You know what I mean? Like it is this heart thing for me. Like the more that I've just seen things evolve and the more that I've just trusted and had faith, this obsessive faith that like I can step off the boat and like Peter in the Bible, I can walk on water and like the universe is going to walk. Like I'm not fighting with the universe anymore and trying to suppress myself. I think when you stop fighting with the universe, like life starts to work with you. You just kind of like, okay, like I'm really obsessed about my girlfriend. Like I'm really obsessed about looking good and fucking having a day. Well, hey, that's the thing I really want to touch on because so many people always say to me, it's like, well, I am obsessed about work. And then you do get those people and it's, and it's unhealthy, right? Because yeah, you get obsessed yeah, yeah, about yeah, one yeah. thing. But I always say, it's like, no, that's not what I talk about when I'm talking about being obsessed. It's every aspect of yes, your life. Yeah. So if you meet someone, they're obsessed over their friends and their relationships. They're obsessed over their partner and cook, yeah. cooking good meals for them. They're obsessed oh over God. taking some time off. They're obsessed, they're obsessed over, over their coffee. Over their coffee, <laughs> literally, literally. Yes, they're obsessed dude. over the movies they watch. You oh know? my so, god! So yes. those people can be so yeah. painful to hang out with, of course. Yeah. But at the same time, like to be truly feeling like good in your life, and and for it to flow everywhere, being obsessed with everything that you're doing, like yeah. what you're consuming, what you're eating. Exactly. We're actually looping this back to what we started with, but all those things, it literally will push you into a whole another level. Dude, and people can feel that resonant passion. And it gets them oh, yeah, like, I'll feel. literally see a meal, bro, and I'll be fucking like, this is the most beautiful meal I've ever seen. And I'm just kind of like. Oh, for sure. But it's kind of like I felt like in connection to mental health when I hated myself and when I was depressed and wanted to die, it was harder to be obsessed mm. about things. It was harder to fully give my life in full full conviction and full abandon for my craft um, because I didn't, I didn't love myself. I didn't believe in myself. You know what I mean? Well, I guess that's why we talk about levels, right? Yeah. Because like, if you're at that level, it, it takes a lot of work just to move up just a slightly bit where yeah. you can start like acknowledging yourself yeah. as being an amazing human. Yeah. And then you work your way up to like it, actually loving yourself and then being able to love the people around you, yeah. then being able to love the things that you do. Yeah. And then that's why we always say, it's like, well, let's get to another level because we're always somewhere where we need to self-improve on something, yeah. you know, but as you do, everything compounds because you don't lose all the things that on the base rate and then as you're moving up you're just attaining like more self-awareness more mental like better mental health yes. and things like that which i think is yeah awesome a hundred percent bro yeah all right hey i just want to finish it have you read the book uh relentless <laughs> no <laughs> but that is our word <laughs> yeah so it's a really it's actually a really good book i actually read that two years ago here over christmas in uh byron so we were staying here for a week and then every morning i just went for walks along the beach i think it goes for like 12 hours or something so i just walked and walked until i finished this thing but it's by michael jordan's coach so not actual coach as in like basketball coach but more like life coach, life coach kind of guy yep but really fascinating because he talks about like what makes someone relentless and that type of person um, and their traits and also their downfalls and everything else yeah. and then um, and sort of everyone else. And then so someone like Michael Jordan was the relentless thing that like pushed the whole, you know, Chicago Bulls to a whole nother level, made them, made them worldwide iconic basically. Yeah. But um, hey, definitely worth listening to that. Yeah. yeah. And if anyone's out there listening um, and you want to get more into thinking about the concept and term of being relentless, the book Relentless on Audible is awesome. Bro, so keen. Love Audible, by the way. Yeah. 
Sick, man. Thanks for having us. Um, where can we find you? I know you got a podcast. Got a podcast called The Beginning of Us. Check it out. Who, whole bunch who of episodes you, coming this year. Yeah, who do you interview? What 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 is it about? Um, a lot of bands, a lot of people in the environmental space. I've interviewed Dougie from the Temper Trap. I've interviewed Sean Doherty from Tracks Magazine. Um, a bunch of people that are thought leaders, athletes, creatives. And I think we just really get into the heart space of what does it mean to come from a place of the inner child and kind of lose programs and to live in pure energy. And so I'm super excited about that. I've got an album coming out in, in the next six months. I'm going to be touring overseas. I'm on tour at the moment. Sydney and Newcastle, if you're around, I'm doing some big free shows. They're going to be amazing with my full band. Going on tour with Kyle Leinhardt. Big plug for brother Kyle. It's all happening. Yeah, come give us a cuddle. That starts in a week. But yeah, guys, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, um, all my music's there. And I'm releasing music every month this year. Again, relentless. Epic. Yeah. Relentless. Epic. It's kind of like- That's what I like to hear. Again, coming to this place of like, oh yeah, but quality of quantity. I'm like, it's true, but it's also like quantity and quality need to almost be on the same. Yeah, man. I don't know what your thoughts are on that now, but I'm just kind of I'm like- I'm all about quantity. I've literally, <laughs> man, had songs that have been sitting in the vault for four years that are done, yeah. you know? And it's kind of like my over- like. It's almost like a toxic obsession with perfection. And it's just kind of like- But perfection, like perfection is just a mask such for like an illusion. In insecurity. Insecurity, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I just want to encourage listeners out there to like finish things this year, you know? Publish things this Publish year. things, yeah. And, and Jai, you really inspire me with that, man. You're, you are relentless and ruthless about just getting things out there. Every time you ask me, you ask me if I'm still doing my podcast, you know, keeping me accountable to, you know, my visions, dreams. It's awesome, man. You know, so, yeah, bro, it's been an honor. I can't wait to listen. Thank you for being you. Thanks, bro. Thank you for showing up. Oh. Hey, Make Your Breakers. Want to streamline your audible dose of inspiration, motivation, and creative biz insights with a custom playlist made just for you? Um, Was that a yes, please? Kicking our arses into gear, sifting through all of Make Your Breaks episodes to date. Yep, we're talking all 200 plus episodes. We've meticulously curated some banging playlists just for you. We want to help you to make that break ASAP. So whether you're a newbie or have listened to every episode a million times, jump into the show notes and check out the little something something we whipped up to generate your very own custom playlist.